I love that. I, and I love, too, that you're being native to the unique platforms. Mm-hmm. Is this is what is going to work on YouTube where there's a mass amount of attention. I, I think one of the things I love about YouTube is it's not only is it multi-device from where people are consuming it, it's multi-generational. You know, my my kids were watching YouTube from like three years old um, and it is their primary, you know, yeah. digital platform that they're consuming content on. And my parents are watching YouTube and will send me links to YouTube videos. Uh, and it is, you know, like everyone watches YouTube. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by a legend that is not new uh, to this podcast, but you might not know who he is yet. So let me give a bit of introduction uh, to Jay Cranda. Jay is a great husband, great dad, a great friend, and the online pastor at Saddleback Church. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. And if you ask ChatGGP who I am, it knows who I am and I'm very impressed by it. I made, I was like surprised when it yes. like, it has some funny line, like a very like, like it was something like foundational online pastor. It has some answer. My kids were yes. like, we were joking around with ChatGP, like we didn't get haircuts and we asked it. And I was like, yep. they're like, wow, it knows. I'm like, dang. I was like, this is getting creepy. Like there's That's no way. Awesome. ChatGP should know who I am, but anyway, yes. so. yeah, same. And I think we both have semi-unique names in different ways. That's true. Um, and my kids were actually very impressed by that as well because nobody else in my family is, you know, ChatGPT knows who they are, but you know, having a name like Nils or Cranda, correct, uh, helps in the ChatGPT world. Jay, what? What is something, because you've been on this podcast a, a lot and a number of times, a lot of people know who you are and things you do. What is something maybe that n- people don't know about you that we could share as a first time insight into who is Jay Cranda? Who is Jay Cranda? Oh, man. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, I, I think some may know this, but I will say that I'm very much a... um. I'm very much probably not like an early, early adopter to technology. Yep. Um, you know, I know this between you and I being friends for over 10 years, like you're an early, early adopter to technology. Like you're the guy who's like, you're the first one I knew that had a 3d printer. <laughs> like you were doing all sorts of stuff. And I'm a very skeptical person yeah. in the sense that I kind of tend to be very frugal and I tend to be very practical. Like how, how does this integrate? So I think, I think this is why typically when I'm talking to um, other pastors or friends or even considering stuff in my own church, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how does this actually scale or work in our daily? So this might be a cool thing. But so I think I think that's always a very unique trait about me, especially being an online pastor where you have a lot of online pastors that are. I mean, there's not a lot of us, but I think sometimes we tend to be so cutting edge. And I, I, I always find it funny where people think I'm where somebody thinks I'm cutting edge because I'm an online pastor. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. My tech that I have even in my house or integrated in my daily life is pretty stable. Like, it's like, you know, it's like, I, it's like when people get into crazy home automation, like there's a lot of home automations that are kind of pointless. 
And so like, I just don't like, I just installed, like, I was trying to think about, I have like a, a closet in our bedroom. That's like a walk-in closet. And the light switch was like on the other side of the wall. It's kind of annoying. And we had lived in our house for three years and I was like, how do I automate this? Yes. Well, I was looking at like sensors and there's a lot of ways now, you know, you can go on YouTube yeah. and there's all these like tools. Well, I just ended up just buying a, uh, um, a motion, uh, led light. Yep. And I was like, that's the easy, I don't need a sensor on the wall. I don't need just a motion led light. Now I did look up on YouTube, how to rewire the light myself. So I didn't have to hire an electrician. So that is something that I love about YouTube, but, I uh, but I, I would say I'm very practical. And I think you and I, this is why you and I have such a, we always kind of go back and forth. We, right before we were recording, we were talking about yeah. the quest three and we were talking yeah. about, you know, like, and I was being skeptical. I was like, I love it, but I don't know how to use it practically yes. just yet. So yeah, I think, yes. I think that'd be one thing. Okay. We're, we're going to talk about the quest three, uh, in this episode. Cause I, I do, you know, one of the things they're describing VR as they're the, the word I've been hearing phrase maybe, uh, that I've been hearing around virtual reality is it's the final computing platform mm. uh, that that will ever be created, which is an interesting, interesting. concept. Uh, just when you think about that language, uh, when it comes to just computer innovation, where we think there will never be a final, it will always be, uh, you know, there will always be something else. Uh, but but it is interesting as you, as you do think about like what, where else could it go? Uh, but who knows? You know, we'll 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 dig into that. Jay, I would describe you as one of the most curious people uh, mm. I, I've ever met. That you're, you know, you might be skeptical, but but you are always just in, interested in in learning something new. The other thing I would describe you as has led to the success you've had, and you are, I, and I I can't imagine <laughs> that there's anybody else uh, that that could hold this title. You are the longest standing online pastor in the history of online ministry. <laughs> Um, and, and, and I think that I was just Robert Emmett, uh, who was my old pastor yeah. texted me the other day and he was like, uh, when, when did we start online church.com, uh, at community Bible church? And I went back and looked and it was, it was 13 years ago, you know, wow. uh, in, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And you, you had started before that a little bit, I think, mm -hmm. uh, in your role. And, you know, I was out like seven years ago, you know, uh, of online ministry, full-time vocationally. Is this a good thing? Are we presenting this like it's a, it was a, it's I a think it's a legendary thing it? because this is, you know, people are always asking me like, where do I find the, or, you know, you and I get this question a lot of like, where do I find somebody like, I want to hire an online pastor. and want somebody with like five years experience. There's like, there's like five of us in the world, you know, like yeah. there's no one with online and definitely no one with like 14 years of <laughs> online ministry experience. And, uh, and so Jay, you have, and, and I think people probably watching this are like, but the guy's like 24 years old. Uh, when they I don't see know about you. that anymore, Niels. You, I got, I got my, my gray hair, so I don't know about that. Yeah, but you still, you still, you, you have, you have aged better than the rest of us. I ran, you know, and I bumped into Alan George at the airport the other yeah. day he's probably the other longest standing you know he was probably in it for 12 13 years and he uh you know he and i have the full like gray full beards beard. uh, coming in yeah. uh and and so you know jay you uh you are a legend in this space uh and i and and really where this conversation came from is what what i appreciate more i, I want to share a few things that i appreciate about you jay and i give you a hard time and we you were the second host you and i co-hosted this podcast for uh, several years together. And I would even say, even out of the curiosity, I, I think back to the days of like, 
we were doing this on Skype because that was the only video conferencing platform <laughs> that we could use. And like, we were like, what kind of microphone we were, we were finding all kinds of like, like what, like, what is a $20? Like I can't spend the, that, you know, that was when Yetis were here. cool. They're that no was when Yetis cool. were cool, but even they were also like pretty expensive. They're like $200 back yeah. then. Uh, and I remember trying to justify that to my wife, but you and I were also going to like Home Depot and getting like hand lights to get some yeah. lighting set up and trying to figure out like, how do we do this? Um, and, and I think your curiosity and, um, mm. and setting up backdrops and just some of the, some of the thoughtfulness and intentionality, it's just been fun to, to navigate, uh, so many of these kind of technologies. But, but at the end of the day, what, what I love Jay is you, 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 your curiosity though is about how can I do more ministry? And I think why you've been so successful successful is you've learned about the technology, but your passion is not technology. Your passion is ministry. Mm. Um, and you're, you are a pastor to the core. Um, and in many ways, Jay, you have been a pastor to me, you know, and you've been a pastor to so many people mm. in, in your heart to just care for people. And you've just leaned into technology as a tool uh, to, to love people and point people to Jesus. Uh, and it's been awesome to just watch and to experience. And so every time I'm in Orange County, you know, I, I call you and, uh, and I'm like, Jay, can you can get coffee or something? And uh, we, we were just catching up just like we do uh, last week. And um, and you were telling me about a cohort uh, that that you're launching this next year yeah. to help some online pastors. So we're going to talk about that. I was, so I just want to tease that. We're going to talk about that at the end of the podcast. And um, how you're, you you really just want to hand select, uh, you know, a, a handful of online ministry leaders to just journey with over the next year. Um, and I'm just so excited for whoever those mm. individuals are going to be, uh, be because I, I know you're going to pour everything uh, into those and you don't want to get like 500 and, you know, uh, and, and do this at mass. You want to really handpick and, uh, and grow with those leaders. Uh, and so I just, but, but you and I get, you know, we get over coffee and we're like, we just go down these like rabbit trails that are so uh, exciting. And so I was like, Jay, you got to get, we got to, we got to get back on a podcast and record this uh, and talk about it. So I got so many questions for you. You also, I, one last thing about why I love Jay Panda. This is too, this is it is, it now. is six 30 in the morning uh, Pacific time. Uh, it's nine 30, my time on the East coast. Uh, and you were willing to get up at six 30 to, to record this podcast for me, for us, uh, you know, for all the listeners, uh, that is your commitment uh, to online pastors. So, Jay, you know I love you. Yeah. Uh, e yeah. Even, I mean, I love you more than Kenny Jang. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Uh, I, I well, like Kenny Jang I don't Kenny want Jang Kenny to come after me. I don't, that's that's a that's a powerful dude right there. I, well, well yeah. I will say that, Nils, you're very, uh, you're always very kind to me. And so I don't, I, we're very, one of the things that we have together is just, doing ministry for a long period of time together and watching yeah. these different waves. And so, um, a thousand times back, I'm not, this is, I'm not good at words of affirmation clearly because <laughs> I'm like struggling right now. I'm like, well, just receive it, receive it. it. And, receiving and it. you, you, you've just been such a great friend. I feel like I'm in uh, therapy right now. Like, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, like, they're like, okay, you got to deal with this. And so, yeah. I'm going to have my wife you, listen to you this. Do, like. yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it's Neil Smith and I'm interrupting this episode to highlight one of our sponsors. And this sponsors is one of the companies that I recently acquired and it's a company called Church Press. And I was blown away uh, when I found out about Church Press and it is the most SEO optimized, search engine optimization, optimized website platform for churches. And it is one price and it covers everything you need uh, to, to have a great website presence to design, set up a beautiful website that works great. Uh, but, but I think 
most importantly, it's found by Google so that people can find your church. And so if you want to upgrade your website or build a new website, we would love to help. Go to churchpress.co and you get more information and learn more. Uh, We also have a free SEO audit uh, that you can get uh, right there on the website of your website. So if you want to see how optimized your website is, just go to churchpress.co and you don't have to sign up for anything. It's totally free. And we would love to help you build a better website that is found by Google. Let's get back to the episode. You, you do have to deal with it because you <laughs> pour into me 10 times more uh, than, than the These words are just what the fruits of your investment into my life. Uh, as a guy that's probably like 10 years older than you, uh, you have you have matured me Thanks, uh, Thanks. in a lot of ways. But let's talk about online ministry. You know, wow. so, so, so in this episode, I, I really want to just dig into the state of online church, online ministry. Uh, Jay, when it comes to 2023, what were some of the learnings? Uh, what, what are some of the trends maybe that you experienced? What are some of the changes maybe you made at Saddleback uh, when, it, when it comes to online ministry this, this past year? Yeah, a lot of big changes. Obviously, um, it was kind of our first full year with um, our new pastor. And so, um, you know, one of the things was we had a, um, you know, generational pastor as our founding pastor, you yep. know, Pastor um, uh, Rick Warren and I was trying to navigate between as somebody who had been at our church for, you know, since 09 um, and the end of 08. And I kind of knew our numbers. I was trying to figure out like what was going to happen when he left, like, because especially online, you're going to have a lot of people that are just tuning in because of who he is. And so it was interesting to navigate a full year of, um, you know, we, we had some declining viewership and trying to figure out, I knew that was going to happen, but I was trying to figure out like, how do we plan? You know, when you have a deceleration of growth, it's hard to kind of figure out what is the bottom, you know, cause it's yeah. like, Hey, we're going to trim 20% off the top or whatever it is. And you just got to plan. So it was kind of like trying to figure that out. But what was fun yeah. was, um, as we were getting, you know, one of the cool things was it was, we were getting a lot of new engagement too. Cause you know, we had a, a a new pastor younger and different types of engagement was coming. And so there's this interesting year of, you know, deceleration of growth in one way, but new types of engagement. And in those phases, it's really hard to figure out, you know, what your plan is. So I think there was a good couple months of just figuring out what we were doing and what is exciting. Now I think, and some people might not feel this way, but when you're not growing, for whatever reason, um, and other areas were growing for us, but I think attendance wasn't growing. Yeah. I think it allowed us to reevaluate what our strategy was coming out of this year. Cause I kind of knew like, we're going to go through a year and then we're going to have a, like a new bottom and we can grow from there. And, yeah. um, so one of the big things we decided to do was our online community, our online kind of strategy as a whole we really believed in it. Our new pastor believed in it. And we decided to kind of double down into creating something for our online community. So one of the big pivots was to kind of really disconnect our large location experience from what we put online. And so we, mm. that was the big change about four or five months ago that we, we've been plotting it for probably eight to nine months. Well, actually I've yep. been plotting a lot longer than that, but it was, how do we do this? And so one of the big changes was we stream our first two, Lake Forest live services, our largest location services yeah. on Saturday night, four and six. And then 
we go into the studio. So I essentially, me and my team, we watch the four o'clock service. We go into the studio afterwards and custom record host moments and outro kind of moments. And yeah. then we kind of upload something by 10 o'clock on Saturday night that is shorter. Mm -hmm. So we actually, let's say they play four songs. We yep. only select two songs. Yep. And then we create something. And really the target was for YouTube, how to create yep. something just for a YouTube audience. Talk to YouTubers. Like it also goes up on other platforms. Like, yep. you know, it gets scheduled for Facebook Live on Sunday. It goes on our website, our TV apps and stuff like that. But yeah, but that was a huge shift. And I think yeah. it really has paid off in the sense of engagement. One of the big things that happened was, you know, we always had intro and outro kind of things slapped onto a like, like our large service. But yes, you're still talking to the room in between and going to this online. One of the things that we've seen is we've seen uh, more response cards come in because we're talking to those online. Um, one of the other things we wanted to create something for people to host um, services in their homes a little easier. Yep. Um, we see more people do that. We've started to notice I'm not I don't feel like I can say this out loud fully yet, but I've started to notice an uptick in giving um just a little bit i'm moderating it still yeah. um but it's that was the big thing how do we and then so we kind of moved away kind of our online community has moved fully away from live yep and we're and even scheduled live and we're just doing like on demand and we've noticed yep. um you know probably only like three percent of our total audience in a week watches live anymore yes. And yes. I think I've been actually, I remember getting an argument with Kenny Jang about this years ago. Um, <laughs> he fully disagreed with me on this and, and who knows, we'll see what happens. But yeah. I just think you're either in the room at a location there live. Yep. And then I don't know what the motivation is to watch real time anymore. And so right. it's like people watch either in community or by themselves, we'll just watch it on your own time. And so it's almost like we still live stream those things because Honestly, yeah. we mainly live stream it because it's how we capture it and there's protocols okay. in there. So I yep. think that's the biggest thing we've done is create something custom just for YouTube. Yeah. And it changed our workflow, you know, uh, it, it, and it's been a lot of work. Like we do the generosity, like give moment at the end. Okay. Um, but it's been really, it's been really good. And so there's a lot of things that came out of that, but I think that's the biggest thing we shift this past year, you know? So I know yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, a lot of churches are, streaming live live hosting some are using chop there's you know the church online platform yeah. and i just i'm seeing less and less you know like value for some of those things potentially and i just yes. think youtube i mean everybody knows it but i just like youtube our youtube channel is huge i wanted to create something just for that and i think we've had we've had great success coming out of that so far and it, and it makes me excited for what we could do in the future yeah, I love that. I mean, you, YouTube is just such a massive platform. Um, and it it is, I mean, there is that shift. And I, and I think we have, and I remember at Community Bible Church, I was so, like, we actually did simulated life was yeah. our primary distribution. Um, and, and, you know, I think as I look back, uh, that, and I wanted to go live so bad. And I was like, why can't we just go live? And uh, and I, and I look back and like, I, I feel like I was kind of fighting the wrong, wrong fight of like, why can't we just go on demand? You know, is what I, I really, because that, that trend isn't, shouldn't be shocking, uh, as we've watched Netflix and as we've watched other, you know, just platforms grow and live TV and even live streaming, like you just don't see 
people watching Facebook Live is I, I think the one platform where you see live engagement increasing is TikTok. But I'm curious if that's even going to stick long term. Um, and, and so it it really is this. We watch what we want to watch, where we want to watch, when we want to watch, you know, on the platform yeah. we want to watch it on. And YouTube uh, is just the platform, I think, that too is cross devices from mobile to desktop to TVs yeah. are the fastest growing <coughs> platform that people are watching YouTube on. Um, and so I, I love that strategy. So Jay, if I understand this right, you are putting together a, a kind of a full experience and then you're putting it on demand on YouTube or are you streaming that live on YouTube? No, we just make it on demand. Um, yeah. no premiere, nothing. We, yep. you know, the tension was, you know, because our church offers, offers Saturday night services, yes. I wanted to get it out yep. as quick as possible on Saturday yep. so that we can yep. still hit a Sunday morning time internationally, at least something yes. close. So like yep. I could delay it and live stream it at 9 a.m., but that would be 9 yep. a.m. Pacific time. Yep. And I would miss. And so like, let's just, let's just make it live, um, yep. meaning make it public. And um, yeah. And so a little shorter, you know, my pastor even teased about recording shorter sermons for it in the future. Yep. Um, you know, but again, I, you know, I, I think even our online team, our online community team, kind of that got probably out of that curiosity on, on my end, I think we're constantly experimenting with yeah. ideas. And it's almost yeah. like we see our team as skunk works for the church. Like, let's just, yeah. you know, the same way as the youth teams do this, you know, the youth yeah. teams always are doing something before everybody else. And you're like, wait, why yeah. can't we do text texting? Yeah. Wait, why can they do it? Yeah. And, we, and it's like, and so I think online, like we'll experiment with a bunch of stuff. And so, but yes. it's been, yeah, you can go to Saddleback Church's YouTube channel, check it out there. Yeah, but we're we're still wrestling through like like one of the complicated ones was um, you make this thing live and it's like it's the message title. But then like a couple of days later, we upload the message only on YouTube. So you have like. Yep. And so like one of Either the things or. we decided to do and is I we make something available on Saturday night, which is the full worship service. Yep. And his brand is the online community worship service. And then a couple, yep. and then we only leave that up for seven days. And oh, then we, okay. we unlist then it the message. Yeah. and then we add it to a playlist. Yeah. And so we technically only have the full worship service on our YouTube channel public for yep. seven days. Yeah. And this is us. Cause one of the things is like, if you get beyond seven, eight days, yep. like we kind of just want the message to be available, like in yeah. a way. And yeah. so, and it's still findable as a playlist, like you yep. can go back, you can go. And so it's a featured playlist, but those yeah. are the things we just had to learn. It's like, yeah, this is kind of terrible as like a duplicate content and yeah. like, like, and you and I were talking about this, but I, I made a video on my, on my own YouTube channel about creating YouTube ads. I've been experimenting yeah. with YouTube ads and yeah. I found out like, if you put worship service in the title of your, of your video and you try to run an ad to it. Uh, it gets automatically blocked for religious terms and yep. you have to like appeal it. And so I ended up removing the word worship service from the title and we just used okay. the thumbnail to describe it as a huh. worship service. And, yeah, yeah. and it's not crawling that just yet. I think it will probably soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. so like we had, we had to remove worship service. It was just the title of the message. So those yeah. are the things that you have to figure out in your own rhythm. Um, yeah. Like, for example, like I think, you know, as much as live is, not as relevant in some ways and on demand is yeah. better for the user. I still yeah. think there's a tension here where like, when I look at it, like a church, like life church, like what they do with the church online platform, they have a ton yeah. of engagement that yeah. is amazing. And 
that might work for their church. Um, you know, I kind of, it's like, it's like the tension Netflix, even like you mentioned Netflix, they struggle with this. Like when they drop a bunch of episodes, it's great, but they lose the, uh, the conversation and culture when you, when not yeah. everybody is on the same episode. So this is why with like stranger things, they drop it in parts to kind yeah. of, you know, the same way as like, you know, years ago you could watch game of Thrones, you know, and, everybody was like drop an episode on a Sunday and then you had, yeah. set. so there is this tension with live and on demand. You got to figure out in your own church's rhythm for us. Yes. I think we've just really leaned into this idea. We want people to be in the room. And if yeah. you're not in the room, we're going to make this super accessible. Yeah. And like, and so because we think that way, we're not really going to mess with scheduling, simulated live, all these other things. You know, the only thing we kind of sim live still is um, our Facebook stream. And okay. really yeah. that's only because it's available on Saturday night and on Resi, yeah. we use Resi as our streaming provider. I yeah. just, it was really easy to schedule a Facebook live on Sunday. Yeah. And, yeah. and Facebook is terrible. Like if you're going to, it's a lot easier to stream something to Facebook than to upload a video to Facebook. Interesting. And so yeah. like, I would like, just let's schedule it. And so it's the only yeah. thing, but I think that's mainly because Facebook's Facebook is not really a video platform. So it's like, it's yeah. not easy I've many times uploaded videos to Facebook, like more than three uh, megabytes or three yep. gigs or whatever. And like, it never goes live. Like it's I'm like process. Yeah. It's like whatever, yeah. but yeah, th those are things that we've wrestled through over the last uh, couple uh, months. I love that. I love that. I, and I love too, that you're being native to the unique platforms mm -hmm. is this is what is going to work on YouTube where there's a mass amount of attention. I, I think one of the things I love about YouTube is it's, not only is it multi-device from where people are consuming it, it's multi-generational. You know, my my kids were watching YouTube from like three years old, um, and it is their primary, you know, yeah. digital platform that they're consuming content on. And my parents are watching YouTube and will send me links to YouTube videos. Uh, and it is, you know, like everyone watches YouTube. Uh, and I, you know, I think I heard a stat the other day that the average American is watching about an hour and 10 minutes uh, or spending about an hour and 10 minutes on YouTube every day where Instagram is like 23 minutes, you know? And so you look at even just compare it to social media because that's micro content, but people are watching longer and longer form videos on YouTube. It's no longer like the minute and a half long cat videos. Uh, it is everything, you know, people are watching two hour long podcast of just people talking on YouTube. Music is still the number one thing consumed on YouTube. Uh, it is a bit of everything on the platform. And I love that you're customizing, prioritizing YouTube as a platform, but still like, hey, we've got an audience on Facebook. So let's do what's native, best and native for that platform with the content we're creating uh, for that platform. Jay, as you look to 2024 uh, and maybe even beyond 2024, what are some of the things that you're maybe dreaming about uh, or looking towards uh, into the future of online church? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things we, we got really good at this past year experimenting wise is um, our church made a big shift to a digital program where, yeah. you know, we have a printed program, of course, but the idea of having more tools and next steps available digitally. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm still wrestling through how do you get somebody on YouTube to take a next step that's seamless? Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's just still a little hard to yes. scan a QR code on a screen <laughs> Yes. to click a link in a description. So like there's, yep. so I think we have a lot of conversations around how do we make it easier and even more in incentives for people yes. to do that. So it's like, 
you know, like we've talking about a downloadable resource for every series we do. So it's like, Hey, by the way, you can get this, like if we're doing a worship series, it's like you get this song that's only available or we'll send you a playlist from Spotify for our worship team. So scan that. And so like, I think that's something like, I still like, you know, we have, you know, over 10,000 people watching every week, but I'm not always impressed by, um, how many people fill out response cards, you know? And so it's like, if we had, let's say something like in the neighborhood of 13,000 people watched 30 minutes last the last seven days or something like that. So we, we do a 30 minute metric and we don't track it by viewers, but 30 minutes, like, I think we had like 50 response cards. Okay. And so I'm just, I'm always like, now that, that was actually high. Like that was a good week. Um, yeah. but I'm constantly thinking about that. And so I think that's yeah. something I'm still like, like, I remember my boss, we were talking and he's not like a super techie guy. And he was just like, he said something he's like, Hey, yeah, you have that QR code on the screen. Like if I'm watching that on my phone, how am I supposed yeah. to get that QR code? Yeah. yeah and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I told him, I said, this is why we also say on, on our app on our videos, like click the link in the description. We make the link in the description, like the main thing. And so, but it is something that I'm like, how do I make that thing better? Um, think a lot about that. Another thing we're going to do, I was just talking to, um, somebody on my team about this. Like we are want we want to double triple down on our online group experiences. And so one of the things that we're going to do is that we're just going to have a running open zoom group for people new to our community. So every month there'll be like a four to five week small group that anybody can join to kind of try out our community. Yep. And the idea is that we're, we we're a a small group with, uh, you know, you know, groups are essential to what we do. And we have over 500 groups with our community, but, um, I think we just like, we've seen more and more that if somebody can get into a small group and try out our ministry, they're more likely to move from a viewer to a member. And I, And so I think we just like one of the guys on my team, he, he's really good at this. And he was like, I think I can just, I think we can have a group every month, like a new group. And the idea is yeah. run it for four weeks. It's led by staff or a key volunteer. And then out of that, we say, Hey, you just did this start one yourself. So just how he's having yeah. like a community experience is going to be uh really important. And then lastly, one thing I am kind of, I'm, I'm anxiously excited about um, not because I think it will be a, um, a home run in the sense that it's going to be like tens of thousands of people. But um, we have somebody in our community who has a VR company and okay, uh, he builds spaces for people and he wants to build our church, something in VR chat. Wow. And very cool. I've, I've known, I've known this guy for, you know, probably two to three years and yes. he's an awesome dude. He goes to our church, young dude. And um, we hosted, I did a VR chat event with him probably two years ago. And, um, yeah. And so we, he's like, he showed me some of his spaces just last week and yeah, he's like, what would it mean to host an actual church in VR chat? And so, and if you follow VR, every, you guys, most people will know that VR chat is, is the biggest platform, social platform out there. And it's a little bit of the wild west. Um, and I'm very excited to, and so we're still trying to figure out like, do we train him to be the pastor of this? And then like our pastoral staff rotate in like yeah. every month. And so we're, even that, like, how do we do it? Like, so yeah. do we like, we come up and you say hi at the beginning and then we play part of the video and then we come and then we do some prayer. So trying to figure out how to do that. I know a lot of churches, 
Um, you know, Sun Valley Church on the Rock, Life yes. Church. There's a lot of these experiences out there. Yeah. But we're yeah. trying to figure out how to do it in a way that makes sense. But it's really nice, like, to have somebody who knows it and and honestly offering it to us in a way. And so, yeah. like, I, I don't know what that means, but I get really excited because it's people that would never walk into our church. And so I, yes. I'm kind of curious how to do this. I don't know. I don't know what it will look like, but I'm I'm kind yeah. of pumped for experimenting on the idea. Oh, man, I'd. I, I want to dig into all those ideas. Uh, I want to pick two though, uh, to, to dig into a little bit, um, uh, because I want to come back to the VR chat thing. Cause I'm really intrigued by that. Um, but I think the challenge that you're running into, uh, around calls to action is probably the biggest tension that every church that's yeah. doing online ministry is facing because Jay, when you and I got into this, it was desktop, <laughs> you know, like we all just had a desktop experience and it was so easy when it was just like, click the link that's yeah. right there on your screen. Um, and you could just do, or fill out the form that's right there on your screen and you just use the keyboard that's right there in front of you to do this. But now somebody's watching on a TV, maybe they could do a QR code, but if they're on their phone, they can't. Or if that, you know, there, yeah. there are so many different options that the thing that I found to work best is a short code, like a text in this number. Mm. The problem with that is for a church like yours in particular, where a lot of people are watching from outside of the country, it's only going to work yeah. in the United States yep. or whatever country you have that short code licensed in, or you do a 10 digit number, but then 10 digits is too long to text yeah. um, and remember it. And so there is no easy, simple, definitive solution to calls to action that I have found to date. Um, and I think that's going to be one of the key problems to solve. I, th I think it's interesting as I'm watching like, hulu ads right now and how they're integrating a lot of qr codes or even click it on your remote uh but as you think about cross device tr cross experience what does that look like and and i think even youtube doesn't want you to leave youtube so they're not going to make it super easy uh within their platform and so so there are just some unique challenges uh and i think that that is the unique seat uh that that uh, you sit in uh, as an online pastor, everyone in online ministry is by the time you figure out, you know, what's working best, things change and you have to adapt and adjust. But I think too, uh, I love that you're, you're not like, our goal isn't just to get people to watch. Our goal is to get people to take their next step. And that next step could be to join a group. That next step could be to give that next step could be to, to volunteer and serve. Um, and so I think that is a, a really unique challenge that you're facing. And I think it's one of the things that people are going to, uh, just need to. And, and I think collectively, the, one of the things I, I love that you've really prioritized is, is gathering other online pastors and like the collective learnings as we're experimenting with this, we're trying this. Uh, and I love that you're kind of sharing, this is what we're, we're kind of leaning into because that is a, a unique challenge. Uh, I think that everyone is facing. Uh, so, but let's get into the VR side uh, of things because I think, and I think where, as we look and, 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 and I'm curious, even with 2024, do you think there's going to be greater adopt? You and I started playing with VR probably nine years ago. And I yeah. remember being at Saddleback, we had Google cardboard uh, and we, we were playing with it and looking at like, what can we do with this? Um, and and it, in some ways it feels like it's just gone really slow, you know, yeah. where so much technology has moved really fast. We were talking before this about the Quest Three, which is really the 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 you know maybe best you know headset that's available today, and that's that's affordable. And Apple has released you know or it's kind of put out their initial headset with the whatever the Apple Pro whatever Vision Pro yeah Vision um, yeah and but it's like thirty five hundred bucks or five grand what it, just no like it's not a mass 
device that's being created, but they're getting into it. I mean, this is coming. Do you think 2024 we're going to see greater adoption or do you think it's still far away and, and probably not even worth thinking too much about? Yeah, I don't, you know, it's funny when I was messing around with the Quest 3 and for those who don't know, it's like very much one of the big things was they added a bunch more cameras, bigger cameras yeah. on the device. It's lighter yeah. and it's more augmented reality focused, meaning that there's pass through yeah. modes where you yep. can see your surroundings. So the, one of the problems yep. with, you know, um, any of these devices early on the early, you know, Oculus to even, you know, Oculus go to the quest two was you kind of had this very like locked in vibe, you know, and the, the vibe, yes. and I mean, the high, all these other ones have some of the things where you put them on and you're kind of yeah. in and it's cool, but yes. you're kind of locked in. And most people, yeah. you know, this isn't, if you listen to tech pods and people, you know, they're like, AR is the future, VR is not, you know, and they kind of argue back and forth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but I think what I did find when I put on my Quest 3 and I, it's loaded with a camera mode and it showed me my surroundings. It did yeah. make me feel not secluded. It made me feel... Okay more like open and I, as you were saying about like talking about google cardboard and all these things i was thinking about yep. i had a friend who at the time worked for a vr company who um had a this was like nine eight years ago had yeah had a uh hololens uh, yeah. from microsoft or whoever owned it at the time and he showed me a mode of like where like it scanned your walls and then these bugs yep. came out and then it was funny because on meta on the quest three they have a default game where they do that and it was i yep. was thinking how far that's come because the hololens is a very expensive device yes and now there's just this default game on this quest three which the quest three is still it's not cheap cheap like i mean it's yep. like an xbox or a playstation but i was like dang the tech has come so far so yes. i i still think I, I think that we're probably still five years five years away from yeah real user case, case because we, we were talking about this like i put on my quest 3 and i love it yes i love how immersive it is um i'm still blown away like by how you know um powerful it is but i'm not yeah. a gamer and so i don't yeah i'm not going to use it every day and so i'm yes i experiment with like the productivity apps because i am curious about yeah. like multiple screens like yes. being in a hotel room for example if you're yeah. traveling and you can have yeah. your work desk yes on the go i think yep. those are compelling types of experiences if i'm writing i just want to like yep. be totally distracted i think or if like i was in the office uh yesterday and um i have an office that you know i could shut the door well yeah we have an open workspace and there are a couple people on Teams meetings, Microsoft Teams meetings, and they're just being yeah. loud. And so I shut the door and I yeah. put on I put on AirPods and I'm trying to seclude myself because it's yeah. just, it was just loud. But I think in the future, yeah. if I'm in an open space and I could just put it on, I think those are really compelling use cases. And so I think gaming yes. market is, you know, is is fine. And it, you know, Xbox and PlayStation kill it. But you know, it's also not going to be mass. Now I have read that they've sold over 20 million of these devices. Yeah. um facebook or meta and so you're like yeah. that's a lot of people but yeah if you think about it by the iphone market or it's not yes. this is why it's like people have it but i don't think people use it i will say i am super surprised over the last six months at how much my kids use my 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 quest okay yeah like they they use it like they huh. they they like it i i always think of it i remember like going to an arcade and one of the arcade games i always love playing 
because yeah. I couldn't play it anywhere else was the yeah. area 51 gun one where you would yep. pull up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of the games have that draw where yep. they're very unique to the platform and it's like, Oh, yep. but they're not like, like they're not necessarily, I camp out on it. And so I think yep. we're still probably a couple years. My hope is I, I read in some, and this will be the last thing I'll say on it, but like my hope is that there is still something to do something to handle with motion blur it's still hard even though the yeah. quest is better you know my wife gets motion sickness very easy yeah. and she she doesn't even want to put on the headset yeah um same and i think that's about refresh rates pixels yep uh you know how much viewable space and i think the apple device the a apple vision i think the thought is is that if in three to five years they release a standard one you yeah. know, I think that that will bring a different type of market. And the argument I've heard that I, I actually really do believe is that the way that the personal computer space market was created yes. was you had these CTOs started to buy computers for their employees. Yep. And now people were using a personal computer at home and they said, mm. oh, I want one for my own. And yeah. I think there's a case that these Apple pros you know, these Apple visions and these quest threes with Microsoft integrations will become a way for remote work to be tracked, monitored. And there's a lot of other issues that will come with that. But yes. I think as people have them for work, it will justify a personal use and more. And so I think that's why that's going to take three to five years. And that's the argument where I, when I heard it, I was like, that makes sense because most people weren't buying these Macintoshes at like 3,500 yeah. at the time or whatever it was. Yep. But yep. now you know, I have an iMac and, you know, when yeah. my, when I got an office at home, I go out and I spend, you know, $2,000 yeah. on an iMac, not even thinking about it because I know yeah. I'm going to get a lot of use out of it. Yes. I think the question with these VR devices is I don't know if I'm going to use it yeah. ongoing and because I'm not a yeah. gamer. And so, and it's still like, I have, a, I have it right here. Like I have my quest three and I, I use it for fun. I don't use it for work and I gotta be, yeah. and maybe cause I'm an old person now but like <laughs> i want to know what am i going to use it for what like yeah like if i'm going to build something and so i think the remote display stuff is very compelling but it's still a little yes. glitchy so that, that that was that would be my long answer <laughs> yeah yeah so i i'm gonna i'm gonna throw up my prediction for where i think it's going but i've been wrong to date like i keep thinking it's it's right here on the edge you know and and you were one of the first maybe the first that i knew of to do it you went and got like the bunch of gopros and yeah yeah into a 3d printed thing and like you made a, a 360 video experience before anybody else in the online ministry space and so you've definitely tinkered with the opportunity but but i think you're out of like the mass engagement opportunity just because of hardware you know uh access alone is is a big barrier but i think people aren't going to spend the money on the hardware if there isn't good software tools and I, I think about the iphone the iphone when it came out it was like oh this is cool but then it was when the app started coming out on top of the great hardware yeah that it was like oh it can like be a map and it can do that it can like it can do all of these things for me and it's got, it got a great camera on it and it's got you know all of these functions that are enhancing my life but it was at the end of the day it's probably more so the software that makes the hardware so valuable where you're like I got to have the hardware so I can access the software. And my, my opinion right now is that there's really not many great yeah. apps that are functional either professionally or personally. Like my kids, like, like I've gone on enough roller coasters on the thing or I've played ping pong and like, 
uh, the, like the games from my perspective or the experiences are just not that interesting. And I'm not that interested in being a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> and so this kind of perceived metaverse experiences are just a little bit like gimmicky to date, but it seems that what I'm even hearing about the Apple vision pro. And I think what, what, where even meta is getting better at their avatars being more realistic uh, than being so cartoonish uh, is, is I think going in the good direction. So here's the phases that I see from mm -hmm. a ministry engagement standpoint, but I'd still, I'm in agreement. We're still probably five years away of one. I think where you're starting with VR chat is good for, I think it's going to be a small groups platform first, Yep. not a, we often think about our worship services first. Uh, I think it's small groups first. I think it's worship services second. I don't think it's like though these metaverse environments that a lot of people have started with. I think it's just 360 video you know streamed where it's almost as if you're sitting in the front row of a worship you know service and you can like worship with other people and be there in the room and it's an opportunity to really be in the room um as i think sports and and concerts and things like that are going to integrate vr there's just not a, good, a lot of good experiences like that yet created i think sports is going to be fantastic sports is huge yep. in vr but i think that same function is going to translate to our worship environments and then I think the third is going to be devotional uh, mm. type of content. I, I think, you know, I, I can't, I can't wait to see what you version does with it in the future uh, or other platforms like that, that just create immersive prayer, Bible study, you know, uh, devotional teaching, uh, discipleship resources within the platform. So that's where I think it will go when I think about this kind of Agreed. what you can do in a headset. But I also simultaneously think, probably you know i would almost say the last 10 minutes of this conversation are irrelevant to even think about too much uh because this is where i do think it is the future and i don't know if it's the last tech computing platform but it is i think very much going to be a part of the future i think it's more of a win not if but i still think it's years away yeah. uh from mass adoption and so it's it's fascinating jay as we wrap up uh this podcast you're taking, uh, I, I believe, 10 pa pastors this next year uh, through an intensive of, you know, if, if you're going to really develop in, in, you know, your online church. So can you talk about the cohort and, and what you're doing with that? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did a cohort a couple of years ago, actually during COVID, and it was a lot of fun. And I decided to figure out how I could do it again. And um, and so the idea is to take um, some churches through an entire year, it would be 11 months together. And, um, part of that is like, do a digital audit of kind of what you're doing as a church and kind of present that in a way that, um, you guys can kind of digest. And then we would pick a, um, some digital goals for the year. And then I would coach you through those goals. And so we would have monthly meetings and then we would have 10 group sessions where, you know, talk everything from streaming to social, to online groups and more even running ads like YouTube yeah. ads and, you know, Instagram, Facebook ads, but kind of have 10 public sessions where we go through stuff and kind of the goal is to have a group of, you know, seven, 10 churches where you are um, learning together and you become friends. Yeah. And I think, you know, it kind of comes out of that, you know, you and I being kind of alone when we started and yes. when we got connected to each other and to a couple other big churches and other churches doing stuff that yes. I, I grew greatly, not because of my own, you know, intelligence, but because of, our community of people. And so yes. um, I'm very, I was very grateful for that. And so there's less of that right now. Like I think that is yeah. happening. And so I was like, Oh, this is one idea. I can't do it yeah. for a bunch of people, but I'm trying to limit it to about yeah. seven, eight churches. And so yeah. 
um, yeah, I'm very excited. It's going to, the plan is to start February, March of 2024 yeah. and yeah. we'll kind of, we'll go throughout till through the next year. And so if, um, yeah, I would love, I'm kind of locking in people come January. And so, yep. um, if you're interested, go to jcranda.com and I have a, yep. a promotion thing up there where you can see, let me know you came from the social media church podcast. Um, cause I'll give you a discount on the signup. It, it is a paid kind of group, but I'll give you a, a social media church discount so that, um, so make sure you mention that to me when, if you sign up to talk to me to learn a little bit more. Yes. I, I, I just, when Jay shared that he was doing this with me, I was like, Jay, you got to get on the podcast and we got to share this with this audience. Like, uh, it, I, I want, I want this audience to have the first dibs at those eight spots. Um, I, you know, in, 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 I remember Jay, you and Alan George and myself and Oscar Soto, who, yeah. uh, recently reached out to me, uh, from Christ fellowship. And there was a few of us and, and then a few that kind of popped in and out of, of our kind of, you know, like unofficial cohort of like the crazies, uh, that went first and we didn't have anyone that had been there before us. We were just like, how do we do baptism? Yeah. You know, how do you like, do how this? Do we how do, do communion? Uh, yeah, all these, how do like... we do communion? Like we we're figuring this out and we, but we were just like, we were opening everything. Like here's my stats. Here's my, like, here's everything. And the gold of the collective learnings. And I think what you're building of both that community for online pastors, as well as just your own experience and that basically things avoid all of these things, you know, and focus on these things. Uh, it, it is, it is, I, I just cannot recommend it enough and I can't recommend you enough and I, and I won't go down that path again um, <laughs> uh, of celebrating Jay Cranda um, too much. Uh, but, but I, uh, I just, I can't recommend it enough. So go to jcranda.com, you know, get on that cohort. And, and at the end of the day, I think what people will find is whether you get in a cohort or not, Jay is one of the most generous human beings alive and he will do everything possible to help anyone uh, in the world. And, and this is where I think you and I, Jay have, often had the tension of we cannot respond to every it's where i originally wrote my my first yeah book of like i can't respond to every request or email uh to help everyone as much as i want to and you want to um and so it's like how can we make ourselves accessible to those that that want it most and are most hungry and so this is kind of a way you have structured in, in based on your experience in this so it's it's going to be awesome and I can't wait to to journey. I hope Jay, you'll invite me to a couple of those cohort yeah. meetings and let me sit in on some of those uh, because I can't wait to hear, you know, even updates uh, as as leaders are journeying together uh, that you just get better together, and, and it's going to be awesome. I do want to highlight if you write one video, I would recommend that I just created is uh, how to run YouTube ads for churches. I yes. think that's a, that's an ad that's just up on my website for free. And so, if anything, just yep. go there to check out that. And then, if you want to learn more. Yes about the cohort sign up and, and so forth. But yeah, just check out that video. I'm very, I, I'm, I'm not proud by how many views it has, but I am proud about what it is. Uh, it, it is though, Jay, it is like a niche. So I watched it right away when it came out and I texted you. I was like, yeah, you this did. is gold. Uh, it's like 20 minutes where he just like, basically like opens the curtain. Of, here's what I'm doing right now. And here's the success I'm seeing. And I've been running YouTube ads yeah. for about a year, you not have, nearly yeah. as successfully as Jay has. Uh, and I think he's doing some nuances for uh, an online church experience that that and I think you you're if you combine what we talked about on the front end of this podcast of what he's doing on YouTube with content and then you take that YouTube ads video, uh, I think there's gonna be some gold uh, for for your church. So nothing else get that. We're gonna actually leave that link in the show notes as well. So if you go to socialmedia.church, we'll have a link to Jay's website. We'll have a link to that YouTube video. We'll have a link to all of 
Jay's uh, social media handles. Uh, Jay, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for being on the Thanks, podcast. Man. We love you, man.